What is up, everybody? This is Ryan here with the Scale Up Show. I have a special guest today. I have Muhammad Yanis, who is the founder and CEO of VFairs, bootstrapped from zero to 30 million in record time. You are not going to believe what this guy's doing uh, in his organization and allows him to charge a massive premium over everyone else with exponential growth. Uh, and I, like I said, I've talked to many SaaS CEOs. They are not doing this. You aren't going to want to miss this. Check it out. How do you grow like a VC-backed company without taking on investors? Do you want to create a lifestyle business, a performance business, or an empire? How do you scale to an exit without losing your freedom? Those are the questions, and this show is the answer. Welcome, everybody, to the Scale Up Show. This is your host, Ryan Staley, and I have a very special guest with me today. I have Mohamed Jonas, who Mohamed is the founder and CEO of VFairs. Uh, which something amazing that he's done. He actually bootstrapped from zero to 30 million, leveraging a system-driven word-of-mouth engine to break that barrier. So it's some really cool things with ChatGPT right now, integrated into their product. Uh, so Mohammed, welcome. Happy to have you on the show, man. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, yeah. I um, I had the pleasure of meeting Mohammed at the uh, a conference that we were at, talked to him, thought his, his talk was amazing. And so I just had to have him on the show. So it's good. We finally nailed down the schedule, man. I know we were going back and forth for some time. And then you were working on some pretty cool things that we'll talk about in the show. But before we get to that, real quick, let's do a revenue rundown so everybody has some context in terms of where you're at in terms of the phase of the journey. So can you share where you're at in terms of your ARR right now? Uh, yes, uh, roughly around uh, $30 million. Uh, again, we, we launched back uh, in 2017, growing happily 50% to 100% year on year up until pandemic, before pandemic, roughly around uh, 25, 30 people. Uh, but currently, right now, almost uh, 230 to 40 people right now in terms of headcount and $30 million uh, in terms of revenue. Okay, excellent. And then what's your primary revenue go-to-market strategy in terms of growing the company right now? See, uh, it has always been the word of mouth. Uh, see, we are in the software business, but the way I see this industry is that uh, as much as it's a software business, for me, it's also a hospitality business, right? Um, you know, when people are running events with us, an event is a very uh, is a very important day for, for anyone who's running it. You know, I typically, you know, have this uh, phrase internally that, you know, it's like your wedding day. It cannot go wrong. So people are using our platform to run these, you know, high scale conferences where hundreds and thousands of people are coming up. They're spending days, if not weeks or months, uh, trying to prepare for that event, market for that event, uh, and so forth. So what we typically do is we do a pretty good job in making sure that, uh, you know, leading up to that event, the customer feel at ease on the day of the event. They have a very successful event uh, so that they can celebrate the success of that, can, can share uh, with uh, their peers and other people how great the technology was that helped them run the successful event. And just as a result of that, See, uh, on average, our customers' event attract 2,000 attendees. So for us, these 2,000 attendees are uh, 2,000 future prospects. Uh, so that has been our primary key to kind of generate this word of mouth and get uh, get repeat business. Okay. So you said 2,000? Did I hear you correctly? 2,000? On attendees. average, uh, an event that runs on VFairs has 2,000 attendees. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. So can you just walk us through in like two to three sentences your solution real quick, just so that you have a understanding of the the context of kind of what we're sure. we're talking about. Sure. So yeah, VFairs is uh, an all-in-one event tech platform. We help companies run virtual events, in-person events, and hybrid events. And typically, uh, the way they would use our platform is first to do event promotion, registration, and ticketing. So they will set up a landing page. They will have the registration form. 
they might have packed some packages for the people uh, who, uh, you know, if it's a paid event. Uh, uh, so once people have registered for that particular event, if it's an in-person event, they will use VFair's mobile app to check in for lead capture, to set up their personalized agenda, uh, to look at the shows and so forth. Uh, if it's a virtual event, uh, then uh, it's an immersive platform. We make you feel as if you're actually entering into that, uh, you know, uh, headquarters of a certain office or, or a particular uh, building where the conference is happening. And once you are in there, uh, you get to see, of course, the exhibitors who are out there. You get to see the auditorium where the, the sessions are happening. And then there are just tons of engagement features around it. Uh, where we are different from a virtual concept uh, is that it's a, it's a much more immersive platform. We, we make it feel like as if it's an actual event that's happening uh, in person rather than a 2D platform with, with enhanced uh, engagement. So that's just roughly how, uh, how it works. Okay, excellent. Excellent. So got a lot to talk to you about today. And uh, it sounds like an amazing solution. Obviously, with the growth that you've had that, that backs it up, right? You got the metrics to back that up. So uh, one of the things I want to talk to you about, though, and, and we kicked this off about some unique things you're doing with OpenAI and the metaverse kind of coming up right now. So walk us through how you're integrating AI, OpenAI, ChatGPT into your business. And let's start off there. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, for, for, from, for, for us, the way we are dealing uh, with uh, OpenAI within our platform is how can we make sure that our customers can actually get the additional benefit that the OpenAI provides, but within the concept of, uh, of an event tech platform? So it all starts with event promotion and, uh, and, and, and event uh, content generation, right? Mm -hmm. So anytime you're running an event, the very first thing that you have to do is, is to set up a landing page, right? Uh, so rather than you writing uh, that content all by yourself, you can come into our platform, you can just answer certain questions. What this event is about? Who should be registering for it? What are you trying to achieve? And just by answering some of those questions, the way we have set up the prompts already uh, is that it will send those instructions to OpenAI in order to generate that content for you. You don't have to go ahead and uh, you know write that command for ChatGPT that, by the way, I want to write a landing page content uh, with X, Y, and Z. You, you just go ahead and answer some of those questions, uh, more like a drop-down list, right? That's one. The second thing is then, you need to go ahead and promote this event on different social medias, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, uh, and so forth. So again, you come into our platform, you, you say that, by the way, I want to promote this event on LinkedIn, you answer certain questions, and then you know from our platform, you can generate that pre-event marketing uh, content, whether it's for emails, for social media, uh, for the press release, and so forth. So that's uh, in the context of pre-event promotion. Now, during the event itself, depending on the use case, right? Uh, we have uh, we have gone really deep into it. So one of the use cases that we have is for job fairs, uh, you know, and, and for job fairs, when employers are out there meeting with prospective job seekers, we let our employers now know that based on the job description that you have posted and based on these 50 applicants that have applied for this job, we let OpenAI play, play, play this game and it recommends you the top three people that you should be interviewing within our platform who are available on right right now. So again, you know, it's just not for content generation. We are letting that open AI read the job description content, read the LinkedIn uh, resume or, 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 or traditional resume content, and also recommend uh, the exhibitors uh, or, or employees in this case to also handpick certain people who are more relevant for their job. Love that, man. So how are you doing that? So is it basically like scraping well, I guess they have to register the LinkedIn profile, right? So they got to say, Absolutely. okay, they're on your system. Well, first of all, I mean, let me take a step back. Like the concept of the landing page, totally see how that's applicable. And then when I hear you, just to recap, 
you're doing like platform specific messaging kind of based on what social they want to push that out to and then creating posts for the promo period, correct? You're, you're not. Uh, 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 absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and uh, see for, and again, uh, for, for the landing page content and for the pre-event uh, marketing promotion, it is, it is those prompts that we have set for them and they all they have to do is they have to pick it up from, from, from that selection drop-down list. Uh, the next step is that, of course, anytime uh, someone is registering, they're either uploading their resume or they are you know, giving access to their uh, LinkedIn uh, profile so that that can be picked up from there using the, uh, the integration that we have and from there parse that against the job description that, that a recruiter or an employer has already posted. Okay, excellent. And so how are you integrating with LinkedIn? What's the integration? Uh, so uh, again, with, with the LinkedIn, uh, uh, again, you have the ability uh, to uh, input, your, uh, input your LinkedIn profile and then there are third-party APIs that are available that has already passed a certain amount of data. Uh, in other cases, again, if you feel that that data is uh, limited, you can go ahead and you can just copy-paste your you know, most recent job description or you know, your, your profile that you have so that the system can parse it, right? So uh, again, third-party APIs using LinkedIn uh, URL is uh, how, how it typically works. Okay, excellent. And then from there, you do the connection process, right? You kind of automate that and like if a job... It, you, I take it you look at like the profile mix of what they're looking for, and then you find the candidate that has the most ideal profile, and then give them a top three. Exactly. So, so for example, you know, if someone is looking for uh, uh, again a podcast host, right? And again, you know, you apply for the job, I apply for the job, uh, you know, ten other people apply for the job. The system would know that by the way, Ryan is someone who has been doing podcasts for X, Y, Z. They can pick it up from your profile and the system would recommend that, by the way, if you're looking for a podcast host, you know, most of Ryan is the best fit. And then, you know, then comes the second and third person. Right. Uh, so, yeah, uh, you know, based on uh, those, uh, based on the requirements of the job description and based on what the system is reading from your uh, profile, uh, it, it goes ahead and recommend the, the most relevant candidate that you can pick up. OK, excellent. That's awesome. Now, what about on the metaverse side? Like you mentioned, you were you were doing a, a new product release or capability on that side? What, what are you looking at for there? Yeah. See, the, the great thing about uh, and, uh, the great thing about OpenAI first and then I'm, is, is that it's something where I have seen that, you know, the moment we have launched it, uh, literally a good 90% to 100% of our customer base is actually benefiting from it like day one because everyone has to uh, generate content for an event, right? Whether it's for the event marketing, for the event promotion, whether writing uh, bios for the speakers, writing the agenda for the event and so forth, right? So there's just tons of areas where they are able to benefit from it right away. When it comes to metaverse, uh, you know, I, I just kind of feel sometimes that, you know, like I'm back in 2016 where uh, one has to be a bit of a forward-looking organization uh, to be able to do a virtual event. This was back in 2016, you know, like when we literally got started. Mm -hmm. uh, I think at this point, uh, for, for many, uh, metaverse might be a years ahead for their use case, but for the people who are ready for it, uh, again, we let people go ahead and create their avatars so that they can walk around. That's one. Uh, the B is that we are creating this concept of virtual office. Most of us, many of the bigger companies are, uh, are, are remote now, or at least have certain portion of their employees who are, who are remote. And I think the challenge that they all face with specifically new employees is the engagement that new employees are able to have with existing employees. Uh, Slack and a lot of other things, they, they, work for, they work great for a message and a Zoom and a Microsoft Teams work great for uh, uh, you know, a, a team meeting. Uh, but what about those, uh, you know, just uh, casual conversations that one used to have uh, when they were in a, in a traditional uh, office setting? Uh, so with virtual office, again, you know, it tells you very, very clearly in which mode you are in right now, whether you are having a conversation or not, whether you are having a coffee, and, you know, you can have those 
you know, just conversations, uh, you know, pretty much like you know, how you used to have it in a digital work environment. So that's how we're using Metaverse mainly for. It's mainly for that virtual office engagement uh, that, that our customers are going to use us for. Okay. Love that. I, and I can totally, I mean, it seems like that would be perfect for, for your solution. And once that market matures a little bit, so it's good that you're getting it on the front end. And then, yeah, I kind of, uh, <laughs> I skipped the lead. I mean, 90% improvement from customer results or not customer improvement, customer results, but I should say 90% customer impact, like right off the bat of leveraging that makes a ton of sense on the open AI side. So okay. let's, let's kind of move on to the next section. Cause this is one of the things that I thought was absolutely amazing that you're doing. And I, I, I just love what you're doing in this space here. Systemizing word of mouth. Walk us through how you do that. What's the steps involved and, and how you create a delight flywheel? Yeah, I think so for us, uh, the very first thing that we typically do is we try to just understand uh, what is that end goal that the customer is trying to achieve using our platform, right? Uh, you know, it might be that I want to run this conference and I want to generate X amount of revenue uh, or B, I want to run this event and I want to serve uh, this audience. So I want maximum engagement by this, this particular audience. Or it might be, you know, if it's a job fair that I want to help employers, you know, connect with these job seekers and, you know, help them recruit, right? So just trying to be be very, very clear on that, on that part. Uh, we're also one of those companies who, uh, and again, I, 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 I'm going to use this word, um, not in a negative context, but we overspend on our customer support. And we do that uh, happily. And we would always do that because uh, we, we we give our platform, but we don't leave our customers just, you know, use a platform. And, you know, if you need any help or any issue, then, you know, we actively consult them on how they can use the platform to achieve that. Under our so we're one of the few companies who would always assign you a customer success person, a project manager without any extra cost. We don't charge on our man hours because for us achieving uh, help our, helping our customers achieve that end goal is the single biggest important thing uh, that, that we want to achieve. Every week, we're in touch with that customer, checking on how they are doing. Uh, we are coming up with best practices for them. We're sharing a lot of other helpful material of how others have run successful events. And once that event is over, uh, you know you would have built such a great bond with that customer that customer typically then goes ahead and then share that you know that that positive experience. Uh, with whoever they want to, right? So again, you know, I see tons of our customers going to uh, G2 or Captera or LinkedIn, et cetera, then just uh, writing great things about WeFair's product, but just because of the support that we provide, many times, uh, other than WeFair, they will end up kind of praising that person who was helping them out because, uh, again, for them, getting that support was extremely uh, crucial. So, you know, again, within our industry, if you look us up on G2 or, or any other uh, third-party review sites, we literally rank number one uh, within the virtual event platform category and many of the new categories that we are uh, operating in right now. Uh, whether it's that, we'll also see these customers then sending out hundreds of emails internally and to a lot of their other you know, colleagues, et cetera, that by the way, I ran this event, uh, you know, uh, VFair has helped us out. You know, if you are looking for a similar platform, you know, go ahead and, and, and do that. So it's purely based on goodwill. Uh, you know, there's no magic formula that, that we uh, follow other than just, uh, again, making sure that from day one, we are in touch with that customer trying to help them out uh, achieve their end objective. Okay, excellent. So, I mean, just to kind of recap that and play that back to you. So obviously overspent on customer success, right? So you, in in a positive way, right? Um, Want to be there and emotionally support them during a really, really big event. And then it sounds like, are you checking in? Are you having your team like connect with them every week, even when there's not an event or is it only when there's events? 
uh, every week, uh, regardless, uh, you know, if there's no event, you know, now if there's nothing that's for the next three to six months and they don't want us to check on, check on uh, with them. Uh, we, 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 of course, don't. Um, you know, there's a system-generated uh, email that checks with them every month anyways, uh, purely from a third-person perspective. So again, if there's someone who's already working with them, and on top of that, there's already uh, kind of a plan B that, you know, if, if you know, uh, they, they need any further support or if they need uh, a different skill set that they, they need help in, uh, they can always reach out to, again, the senior management uh, asking for that. But yeah, weekly check-in, if there's an event, if there are no events happening, then then a monthly just check-in of how, how we can help you further. Okay. So let me ask you this, though. If it's an automated check-in event, like... Mm-hmm. Don't people get annoyed with that? Like the the weekly check in, you know, when there's or I, I mean, I'm just curious. Uh, on that. It's it's the opposite. If, if when the events are happening, actually, it's the opposite. Like you know, like uh, see, uh, weekly is the least that they 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 appreciate. Uh, on the contrary, like they see see they see us as an extension of their team. We are not just checking in to see, like you know, checking in. We are actually taking the burden away from them and helping them do some of their job. They know that they only signed up for the software. They never signed up for someone. Who is going to help them? I don't know configure the platform or write the content for them, or or or, or you know tell them on how to set up the agenda and so forth. There, there are many things that otherwise is the job of an event organizer that we would actually take for them because you know we want to fo- we want them to focus on things that we cannot control. We're not the one who, who's going to market the event. We're not the one who's going to sell the tickets for them. <laughs> These are things that they can do, but we can do everything else. You know, in terms of how to set up the technology to pick up the right choices of what is the best uh, configuration of the platform that will help them achieve that bigger objective. Uh, so yeah, I, I would have clients sometimes request us that, you know, rather than having a weekly check-in, can we have uh, twice a week check-in or, or daily check-in if, if it's just about to come? Uh, see, if, if someone don't want us to check with them on a weekly basis, you know, of course we won't check. You know, we, we, won't, be, we won't be harassing them <laughs> just to kind of get an update. Yeah. Well, so it sounds like, I mean, how did you do that? Did you just map out like, the okay, so this is what we do to support and free the event, and then this is everything involved, and then you basically armed your team with content, materials, frameworks, everything like that to support them around that. Is that kind of why it's so welcome, sure. well received? Uh, no, I think it's a, it's, a, it's a brilliant question. See, I we, we have that uh, we have that playbook because we started as an event organizer. As, as a company, like I personally ran hundreds of events using our own platform because as a business, I was an event organizer first before I became the software provider. I know that technology is one piece of running a great event. In order to run that great event, you also have to have technology help you market the event. You also need to have technology help you sell the event. You also need to have technology prove the ROI to attendee, to exhibitor, and to yourself and to your management of what has happened with this particular event, right? And in order to do that, you have to do tons of work. You have to work on reports. You have to work on marketing creative. You have to write tons of content. Uh, so again, yeah, we have just tons of that content available from our own events that we know has worked out really well. And then, you know, we have seen how over 2,000 plus customers have ran over 20,000 plus events and what has worked for them. So when a customer comes to us and say that, I want to run a virtual uh, town hall, or I want to do a virtual fiesta, or I want to do a virtual Halloween party. Like we have hundreds of customers who have done each one of those unique events, right? So we guide them that, by the way, let us configure, or you know, these are some of the best factors of how others have done. Uh, and again, they appreciate all of that. You know, that's free advice to them, and you know, uh, in many ways, uh, it saves them weeks, if not uh, hours, of, uh, of. Oh yeah, I can imagine that. So, like, and I think it's brilliant, man. So I'm, I'm not glossing over. I just got a lot of ideas going in my head to like 
to dig in. So I guess with that, Mohammed, like, do you, I assume you guys, do you charge a premium over everybody else in terms of pricing? We we uh, we are definitely among the uh, among the players who charge uh, a bit of a premium versus uh, uh, versus let's say uh, we we are not one of those uh, I think players who are trying to uh, underserve our customer by providing them less support. So yeah, we are. Okay. Well, I would part. assume so, just based on all the additional yeah. ancillary like VIP support and care that you give. Um, have you noticed and, and tracked like? what the impact is like on your NRR with that at all? Or have you been able to model that or look at that? Yeah. Uh, and I can see, uh, uh, absolutely. And uh, the way we see it uh, again is that a typical customer who's coming to us is more of a mid-market customer, enterprise customer. And again, a typical event that they're running with us is, you know, anywhere from 500 people, but again, the average is 2000, but we have run events with 100,000 plus people as well. Right. Uh, so again, these are big events to begin with. Uh, and, uh, in many in many cases, you know, you will have that one person from this mid-market company or big company coming to us for that event. But eventually, that's really the first step. You know, a lot of these events are attended by other people from the same company, and we know that once this event is going to be successful, uh, that NRR uh, is going to be it's going to be pretty amazing. You know, it's going to be you know again you know uh, it's north of hundred percent. And primarily because not that the same customer is coming back to us, but they're coming back to us with a lot more use cases. So uh, with enterprise customers, uh, that, is, uh, that is what we always aim to achieve for. Hello, this is Ryan here. Real quick, if you are enjoying this episode, please hit the subscribe button and leave a comment or review. If you want more help or just want to learn more about what the top SaaS CEOs and founders are doing, check out my website at www.ryanstaley.io. Join my newsletter, check out other free content resources I have there, and let me know if you want to scale your business. Now back to the episode. And then let's talk about the word of mouth. Like, you know, you've magnified and systemized testimonial capture. I've seen that from your presentation, which I think is brilliant. So do you have any like, or basically like almost like a K factor and K factor for the, for those of you is it's basically like development speak for or product speak for virality of a product. Right. Um, so do you have like a K factor or an understanding of like every customer we get provides three more customers or three more leads or any kind of metrics like that, that you track? Uh, we, uh, we, we don't, uh, I think the way we track is that the attendees who are coming uh, and attending our customers event, uh, how many of those become our future customers? So we have mm. X percent of the attendees of these events eventually becoming our future leads. So that's the number that we, we, we typically have. Uh, internally, we have metric whereby we, we, we track two NPS scores. We track NPS at a product level. And again, you know, that NPS for us is, uh, Close to 80, which is just, again, unknown in our industry. You know, oh, that's uh, huge. Yeah, any, anything more than 50 in any software is pretty good. But uh, again, we want to make sure that, you know, uh, we, we, try to get that, we try to get that feedback from each one of the customers. So again, even, uh, even from uh, the sample size, typically 90% of our customers fill up that survey. And then the score is close to uh, 80 for the product. And the same thing we do it for the person who's helping out our customers. So we track the NPS for the individuals as well. You know, how well are they performing? And again, even uh, for them, uh, 
we do uh, get feedback from more than 90% of them. And again, the NPS for that is even higher than the product. So it's typically around 86 to uh, 87 uh, range. Uh, so for us, we have kept it simple. See, we are not, uh, as of now, we have, our intention has been just to help the customer. Everything else is a byproduct of it. You know? So for me, it's less about how much business I'm going to get by doing all of those things. It's happening naturally. And with time, we'll, we'll get even better tracking it. But, but that's not the goal. You know, even, if, even if it would not have been the case, I would have done it because I have gone through that journey of being an event organizer. And I know the, the, the hard work and, um, and let's say the struggle that one has to go through to run a really big, successful event. And I want to make sure that you know, we, we serve our customers very well. So we keep on doing that. I think everything else will just naturally follow up, which, which has been the case so far. Okay, excellent. I love what you're doing there. Uh, and I mean, yeah, I, I know your intention's good, just because based on all the care that you've put in to thoughtfully kind of crafting, like how to make that happen. Right. So, yeah. uh, that makes, that makes a ton of sense. Uh, it's just interesting to me, like to see the outcomes of that care and of that, like, cause basically what you're doing, and this is a concept that I believe strongly is like, you're giving more and it's going to help your business grow right? Like you're giving it grow um, through the concept of serving your customer, which I think is awesome. Yeah. Um, exactly. and, and I think, uh, see, e- even when it comes to uh, the testimonials, right? Um, so again, our, our cu- just, just, just last week, I'll, I'll tell you like what has happened uh, is that one of our customers, I, I, you know, it's, it's a big, huge government, uh, you know, out there. They, uh, and there are six of the people out there in that government, they uh, recorded uh, a happy birthday song for one of our project managers. You know, like again, you know, uh, they're not running an event with us right now, but they knew that you know this is uh, this is uh, going to be you know uh, his or her birthday, and they would send us that recording of how uh, they are just uh, wishing, wishing, wishing that person the happy birthday, right? So, so, so when it comes to testimonials or a G two review or a captivity review or LinkedIn recommendation or or just word of mouth, see, they, they all come very easily you know like a lot of our customers would go even beyond that just to show us their love which is just very unique you know which is very unique you know uh, you know to to us as a company and uh, this is this is what we kind of try to always achieve for yeah that's excellent man love it love the concept uh have you so have you systemized like referrals then like i know you've done it from an inbound perspective but have you also looked at like proactively systemizing referrals at all yeah, so we, uh, we, 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 we have internal metrics for our own staff of when you're dealing with X number of customers, uh, historically, if we have been serving them really well, this is how many kudos you should be getting. And they can be in any format. I'm not necessarily looking for a LinkedIn recommendation or a GT review or a Capital review. I just want an acknowledgement from that customer that they loved our service. And it can be just a simple email or us getting into a feedback call with the customer and this, them saying that, you know, you have done a great job. We, we, are not, we are not trying to get any other metric. Every other metric that we are getting is just a, a result of all of this, you know, which is like, you know, we just want, from, no, no, want to know from the customer of how, how happy they are with the service. But internally, it's that appreciation that we want to see from the customer that they feel that they have got uh, worth the money that they have spent with us it's the metric that we hold ourselves accountable for. So there's no external business metric that we have ever followed, but yes, internally, each one of us, uh, you know, at the, at the end of every month or at the end of every quarter, at the end of every year, that's how we, we just internally hold ourselves accountable, how well we have done 
a job this this month, this quarter, this year versus the previous years. But on the external side, uh, again, we we are not running after any of those things. Okay. How do you track that then? Like, since you have so many different channels and areas where they could give you mm-hmm. feedback, because that's one of the things that people struggle with. Yeah. Yeah. See, uh, each one of those people, they uh, we we ha- we have what we call a project submission form. Uh, they will just take a screenshot from any of those places that, by the way, I was given this project. I'm closing this project right now because the event has been served. And here is my kudos, you know. Uh, and again, see the person who's giving that appreciation, uh, they will tell you where they have done it. You know, uh, they will tell you, oh, by the way, I just posted this for you over here. Or Because that's just how close we are. So the, the relationship that we have with customers is not that we have to run after them. The reality is that when you work with someone for months for that one day, uh, they will always be open to anything uh, that you're trying to get an update on. You know, we don't feel the situation where we have to run after someone or we are not getting, they will, they will send that email anyways, many times to that person's manager uh, because that manager would have also showed up in one or two calls or at least to that person saying, thank you that by the way, the event is over. We might not catch up for the next two or three months, but I want you to know that how great you have been. As far as they have that email, uh, that's how we capture it. They just have to submit that internally within our forms. Okay, excellent. Well, so here's the thing. I mean, I work with a lot of SaaS founders. I work with a lot of different SaaS companies. Talk to a lot of founders, obviously, through the podcast. And one of the things that I see is companies don't do this, right? They don't put in the extra care and they focus all on the product, but not about how the person feels. Why does that happen? And and why do more companies not leverage what you're doing? Yes, uh, I think in in many ways they might not have uh, they might not have been the customer themselves. Again, I built this product because I was initially looking for a vendor, and I did sign up with the vendor, and I went through uh, the issue of signing up with the wrong vendor, or hence not getting enough support, and not being successful in running some of the initial events that I was doing myself. I just got upset with that. I said I'm going to build my own product. I come from a software development background then ran hundreds of events myself. I know what it takes to run a successful event because that's what my job was for years. Uh, so for me, I cannot just imagine not offering that support. You know, it's, it's just for me, I know that even when I was an event organizer, I was a very hardworking person, but just because I was the very, it was the very first, second, third or fourth event that I was doing, if I don't know some of those best tips and tricks, I would not run a successful event. Given that I know some of those things, for me not to offer it to anyone, it's just something that I cannot imagine. You know, so for, for me, uh, I think you know everyone has their own way of running the business. I'm sure you know there 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 must be a story behind it as well. But I think for me, it's just going through that journey myself, seeing the pain of not getting great support. Uh, is something where I always just told myself that I'm never going to charge for my project management support or the customer support because for me that is a key when I'm running any business. Right. So, uh, sure, just something being a customer myself. Yeah, I mean, so here's what here's what I heard you say. This is my version of it. Basically, you reverse engineered like your own perfect buying experience if you were a customer and like what you wanted to look like. And then you made that a reality. Would you say that's like a yeah, yeah, put it in a very nice voice. Perfect. Now I, I agree with that. Yeah. Well, you could repurpose it, man. You re- reuse that. You could use that. In your, I will. Your I will in my... that's, <laughs> you, dude, that's real, man. Like if, if you're like, hey, I was a buyer and I, I went through a lot of situations that sucked and were terrible and I hated them. And so I, I thought long and hard and tested what is the perfect buying situation that I could go through and support situation. And then that's V first. Right. Um, and again, I, I think uh, it works really well and it, it may or may not work uh, with other business, but it works also really well 
with an online of business. Online of business just by nature has virality built into it because it's not a product that you use alone. It's a product where, as I mentioned, on average, 2,000 attendees would end up coming and attending that particular event, right? And, and hence, you know, just making sure that that customer who's running this event is extremely happy and all of the other stakeholders, attendees, speakers, exhibitors, they are extremely happy. I think uh, just just works absolutely well, well in this class of uh, software. Excellent, ma'am. Well, before we wrap things up, I, I do have a question because it sounds like things are humming for you well. What would you say, though, is your single biggest challenge that you're running into right now in terms of growing the business to the next level? Yeah, I think uh, for us, uh, we we have always been a remote first company, uh, but uh, running a remote first company with 25 people, 100 people, 200 people is easy. But, you know, as you grow into a 300, 400, 500 people organization, uh, you know, you just want to make sure that you somehow have uh, the same uh, values and principles that, you know, that the company was founded on, which was, again, you know, making sure that the customer is always, it's the customer first approach. And just trying to ensure that, you know, like, again, you know, uh, we can only offer that great support to our end customers if you're able to do that internally first, you know. So we do that internally first. We hold ourselves accountable to, you know, make sure that, you know, we provide the same kind of support to our employees. So just making sure that you know, we're doing that, you know, when you're growing really, really fast, that can sometimes become a challenge. So I think it's, it's really about, you know, keeping that entire workforce aligned towards that single vision, single goal of keeping the customer happiness, you know, as a highest priority is, is going to be the, you know, the most important thing. Love that, ma'am. Well, we are up on time. However, you know, I want, want to get some more VFairs love out there. Where can people find you? Where can they learn more about VFairs? Then we'll wrap it up. Uh, yep, you guys can find us uh, on vfairs.com. Uh, and again, we are pretty active on LinkedIn. So if you want to follow us on LinkedIn or if you want to, you know, look us what we are doing uh, on LinkedIn, that would, be, that would be perfect as well. Excellent. Well, thanks for being on, Mohammed. That was this was awesome. I, I love what you guys are doing. Love the thought and care that you've put into so many details of your business. And uh, you can tell, I mean, it's 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 why you're growing so fast and why things are blowing up. So thanks for being on the show, man. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks for inviting me. All right. We'll see you all on the next episode. Thank you for checking out the Scale Up Show. My mission in life is to help founders and revenue leaders avoid all the pain and suffering in revenue growth so they can flip it and create a life of their own design. So if you enjoyed this show, please like, review, share it on social, and more importantly, just share it with a friend. Share it with someone that you think could learn and benefit from what you heard on today. But the more we get the message out, the more people we could help, the bigger the impact we make, and the bigger the community gets, which helps everybody. So once again, thank you for being a loyal listener. I appreciate you and look forward to seeing you on the next episode.